Hello and welcome to episode 6 of What's Korean Cinema. I'm your host Stuart Sutherland. Joining me today is the Easy A, Andy Walker. I got my name. <laughs> I know what that means. You're just easy. Uh, <laughs> just on the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Staring at you. And joining us from Mass Movie Side UK is Trev. Hello. Er. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm, I'm typing in short. <laughs> Trev is like, I don't think I've ever called him Trev. I, that's fine. So, as long as you don't call me Shuri, yeah, so. Everyone calls me Shuri. Yeah, <laughs> Love. Love. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever calls me the solid stooth. <laughs> well, they still call you Guinness. Nobody calls me Guinness. Not, oh, not ever since. Oh, <laughs> Right, I'm going to stop this file and delete it, start it all again. <laughs> so, the podcast and fires. Aye, this is podcast and fires leading Korean cinema podcast. So far in our cinematic journey, we've covered several films, starting from My Sassy Girl, which was recorded two years ago, back in February 11. And most recently, Kenny B, Paul Quinn and Rufus Duram tackled the Korean monster movie genre with uh, Young Gary, Monster from the Deep. Why cool names? Why did they all get, like, Easy <laughs> the Easy something called Duram. <laughs> That's his actual name, though. What? Aye, Rufus Duram. Like, oh, right. Uh, I thought you said The Ram. <laughs> Rufus the Ram. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just his nickname. You wouldn't have killed us. To be fair, you got the Easy A. What yeah. am I? Trey, Trey. <laughs> hey, so it, it, he don't belong to the podcast of Fire Network team. Like, She's all mine. Fucking get straight. <laughs> straight away. Eh? Outcasted. The, the reshoot. Come on, you're never getting on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's because I'm. Yeah, it's because I've, I've never seen like half the films you can't talk about. So, where was I? Right. So they discussed a young Gary monster from the deep and a Paul Gasari, the Korean monster movie produced by Kim Jong Il. Wow. He done yeah, his own film. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, they, he wanted to make his own I movie. I was a big monster! <laughs> <laughs> He's not very happy with that kind of stuff on this show. No! I've, I've tried racist kind of stuff like that. And I know, but you just like dropping M bombs and like. <laughs> the, the, none of them were in the movie! <laughs> <laughs> Look, they got away with it on Team America, so. What, what's, what's the deal? Yeah. Give you money, you show me, big monster! <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's Kim Jong-un. You can rip the piss at him, he's a fucking despot. Was a despot. Aye, dead. Ah, so. Yeah. Is he dead? Where's <laughs> <laughs> the proof? Is he on that island with Bruce Lee and Elvis? <laughs> no, he's, he's on the floating <laughs> island above them. He's, uh, he's just possessed Kim Jong-un's body, that's what he's doing. <laughs> or he's in some size. Kind of regeneration chamber. That's what's <laughs> That still lets me down. I wish that the son of Kim Jong-il was Sai. Like, all he wanted to do was dance, then his dad died, then he released Gagnam style and took over the world in a way that his dad couldn't. Like, all they became his puppets. Like, I've seen people in the Kirkland bar do Gagnam style. You know, North Korea has since gone over the world. And, we got the world! <laughs> at the Kirkland bar. <laughs> it's like, why would they be monitoring the, the KB? <laughs> Mr. Young Ill, we have better communication. <laughs> You'll reach a Kirk on bar. Oh, it's like, we will have taken leave in mouth. Oh. <laughs> oh, the, the stronghold of Fife, we got it. 
It has fallen. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, this show we will be discussing the works of uh, Kim Ji Woon, and obviously mainly the good, the bad, and the weird from 2008. And we are actually just back from watching The Last Stand, so we will be dropping our opinions on that as well. And I will be having a quick chat with uh, Hango Celluloid uh, writer, uh, Korean cinema guru Paul Quinn at the end of the episode, basically correcting all the factoids I will be dropping. <laughs> Because you're very bad at that. Fucking enough of you. Shut your mouth. <laughs> this is the day I make my stand. <laughs> That's just because there's a witness. Yes. It's like, I, I have an image to uphold. I won't let you slap me. The bruises have already just healed. <laughs> and the only reason why we're not a video podcast. <laughs> it's no. all quiet. I'm just hitting you with a bag filled with sand. <laughs> a sandbag, if you will. Just a soap bar and a fucking soak. <laughs> Whoop. It's like I've mastered the mute button. Back on. What do you think, Andy? It hurts. My fucking ribs. <laughs> He's trained his cut to fucking ninja me. <laughs> Once upon a time in China, four just hurts. <laughs> it did hurt my eyes. <laughs> now you have to have a pause It all hurt my eyes. <laughs> so, the good and the bad and the weird from 2008. Korean title. Jihon Nom Nabarun Nom Aisang Han Nom The movie The short Short term In Korea This is referred to as Nom 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 I think if that's just A translation to The 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 Right Maybe Something that's really tasty Like That doesn't make Like Sure you would say Good bad weird But not Nom 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 Like The 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 so, so nom means the is that what you're saying? No, <laughs> there is no <laughs> truth. There is no truth to that. That would have to be a Google Translate. So you're teaching I, fucking Korean here. <laughs> <laughs> what nom 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 equals Korean Western or no Oriental Western? I know because it's. Are you it's like, a, allowed to say Oriental? It says in the hidden credits like an Oriental Western by Kim Ji Woon. But uh, is so, that uh, like end drums? Uh, like um, African Americans dropping end bombs at each other. Is that all right? Whereas if we we, we crackers <laughs> drop <laughs> end bombs, you know, I, I, that's, I digress. I was listening to someone else that they were mm-hmm. um, talking about that, yeah. <laughs> using the term Oriental as being old fashioned. But. How do you see the problem? <laughs> Kako, can, uh, what, what do we call them? What is your since you're the one with the experience in Asian cinema? What Over is racism? What is fine? <laughs> They call oh, a God, group she's about combat eighteen, you know, <laughs> neo Nazi stuff. Scared. It really isn't. Sorry, I mean, this isn't even my podcast. <laughs> Shut my mouth. Look at this place closed down. Mm. No, it's fine. It's not my house. <laughs> <laughs> no, your show. Oh, I'm sorry. Just, just close the window. <laughs> Put the lid in. Put the lights off. So, directed by Kim Ji Woon, screenplay screenplay by Kim Ji Woon and Kim Min Suk. You just have mad love for daft names. Yeah. Uh, Our leading cast is, of course, is Song Kang Ho as Yun Tegu, the weird, also star of the host. Uh, Lee Byung Hun as Park Chan Yi, the bad. (laughs) Where's the K of his name? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that a bit later. Uh, he was the leading actor in Kim's previous film, Better Sweet Life, 
and Jung Woo Sung as Park Don Wen, <laughs> <laughs> the good star of Musa the Warrior. Didn't like that boy. Nah, we'll get to that. Thanks. <laughs> um, other notable guys in this movie is Yoon Ji Moon as uh, Byung Chun, the the right hand man to the bandit leader, uh-huh. and uh, Ryu Sung Soo as Man Gil, obviously uh, Tegu's friend, uh-huh. who has since appeared in movies such as <laughs> that was the Mass Movie Side Hounds. Yeah, sorry, about, <laughs> sorry about that. That was like a comic book reference, like just crossing the streams. We are, like, refer- like that old sort of star in the bottom episode. See mm-hmm. issue 17 or something. See other podcasts. Aye. See every <laughs> single fucking Mass Movie Side podcast. Mm-hmm. I think we actually mentioned that we are recording in the Mass Movie Side headquarters. Woo! Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's not far from me to travel. Aye. It's a very dark place. Yeah. It is. It's in your face. Like, you usually get used to the swastikas after a while. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> the knife sting at the wall. Cut your hair on them. Just wipe your feet on the way. So, yes, uh, Ryu Sung Su, who we mentioned, is uh, in such films has appeared in Mother, uh, Chaw, the Korean horror film about the giant pig. Pig. Poor. Oh. What was the the subtitle from the front cover? Uh, this this time humans pork, <laughs> or this time <laughs> this time humans are pork. Ah, uh, this time man is pork. Oh, makes no sense, but okay. Mm-hmm. And he is starring in this year's movie uh, Fist of Legend, which is a Korean MMA like sort of like a remake of Warrior, but in Korea. Uh-huh. It's to do with uh, it's like a some. Uh, Friends basically enter a competition to win twenty million won. So fighting competition MMA. So we'll see how that turns out. It's loosely based. Ah, it's not. It's not like a dying no, it, fucking it, copy. It's based on a Korean comic book, but it's just it's MMA for money. So way. it's gonna be the easiest way to sell it to American audiences. Mm-hmm. So the plots. Uh, Three Korean gunslingers are in Manchuria, circa World War Two. Uh, Duwan is an upright bounty hunter. Chang Yi, the other, a thin-skinned and ruthless killer. And Tegu, a nutty train robber with nine lives. Tegu finds a map and he is convinced it leads to buried treasure. Chang Yi wants it as well for clear reasons. Less clear reasons. <laughs> Duan wants to track the map knowing it will bring him to Chang'e, Tegu and reward money Occupying Japanese forces and their Manchurian collaborators also want the map as does the Ghost Market Gang who also hangs out at the Thief's Bazaar These enemies cross paths frequently and the dead bodies pile up Essentially it sort of, sort of reminded me of the Wacky Racers like towards the last half of the film where they're all going to the same location it's like Manchurians Japanese, the bad guy in the bandits, the weird one on the motorbike, and then like the good on the horse. Yeah. So, what are the thoughts? What, what did you think of it, Andy? Quite, quite liked it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was fun. You, mm. you didn't really have to. There was no like hardcore storyline yet to fully. It was just mm-hmm. bit Treasure of action, map. a bit of funny. Aye, aye. It was good. Because mm, yeah. 
it's definitely uh, Kim Ji Won's biggest film, like scale, and all his films are usually quite Indeed. quite small set. Like Tale of Two Sisters is all focusing around the people in this one house, oh, right, right. but this one right, right, right. like told ja- like massive. Uh, a whole fucking area. It was filmed in China, so it was all these like huge sets and yeah. just Hanky was saying it was like his most complicated, like physically demanding film to date. Yeah. And when you look at like the making all footage, like the amount of crazy ass camera work they done, like they did set up basically scaffolding, just had a hanger, uh, a camera hanging for just a wire just in the middle of the desert and just catching all these elaborate camera shots. There was some really awesome camera work in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, mm-hmm. really good. So, any best bits um, that made the movie for you? Not in a perfect way, but when they got Enola raped, the Enola raped a giant and <laughs> a sexual deviant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes um, I guess that's the thing obviously everyone seems to know about this treasure map and it was when uh, Tegu stops off at a it's like a little opium den essentially oh, it, it was right. it's the what they cried the, the there's, uh, there always seems to be this background theme about uh, Koreans wanting to be independent whereas like, they're trying to like I never looked too much into the history of it, but they're obviously trying trying to be an independent country outside of Manchuria, which is when I looked into that, that is supposedly the northeast, northern east half of China, which borders onto Russia and all the areas surrounding. At that point, yeah. there wasn't a section off to China, Russia, and all that. It was just a blur. So. Basically, that was them trying to trap him and get the map. Like how, like, just the bitches were just sitting blowing smoke into his face and just <laughs> drugging him, and he's just, like, trying to understand, like, his wee presentation about making Korea independent. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Ah, oh, Mr. Independence wants the map! <laughs> yeah, he collapses. Some, just awesome, uh, what you said, like, like favourite scenes and stuff, just the, the gunfights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. It's the same guy who did these two films, isn't it? No, I'm totally wrong. Yeah, that's why we're talking about I thought that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no worry, it's great. Okay. You know what? Just they all sound the same to me. So, um, but, I know, uh, but not just uh, like the like the squib hits and just like the mm-hmm. like the, the gunshots were like holy shit! They're just wow, Aye. big and just in your face, which I really like. And again, like when he's I suppose when he's escaping for probably like, the second time, so he sort of. Mm-hmm. Like the, just the doors getting blown to shit and like wow <laughs> I, I I sat and watched the making of footage of it the day which is almost feature length There's, they follow behind the scenes footage of the entire movie like oh. through the story nice. and I've brought the Blu-ray with me if either one of you is want to learn it but it is really just showing all the elaborate camera work like your opening scene when uh, Song Kang-ho's character uh, the weird Tegu is walking through a train it's just like that tracking shot of just him walking yeah. like that's just a big set and it's like the cameras are all on a on a rig above it and it's mm. just on a wee sound stage and how it's got all these roof compartments as the cameras go and the roof compartments lift up so the camera gets put through it's just 
Just the way they've made the set that is intricate. Aye. Fucking hell. Like <laughs> they're all working. As soon as they're off camera, they're all lifting sets up so the camera can just smoothly walk through and mm-hmm. it's just really like well thought out stuff because mm-hmm. there's a really nice shot actually where the, the camera moves with a gun like when like the train sort of stops mm-hmm. um, it's just it's like fantastic just kind of like a, I don't know if it would be classed as a tracking shot but just it, I think it's attached to either like the gunman's arm or possibly next to the gun and it just sort of in an arc kind of moves up I was like ooh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like one of the bits towards like when there's a shootout in the, uh, at the ghost market and have you have the good like doing like run and jump and grabs the rope and does the yeah. big swing around on the making of it's him and then it's a cameraman doing the exact same thing behind him <laughs> and it's like that is creative as fuck like like somebody should like in America they're probably on a crane but they just had another dude just with a camera and another bit of rope just swinging around <laughs> behind him full on him it's like and the, the payoff result is just it's just a smooth motion of the yeah. camera following him you think the dude's probably just standing with a green screen behind him on a stage but it's not these dudes are in a set in the middle of China just kind of like you make, make you think kind of like amateur what they would have to do like if they nah, have the, the money to n- buy a crane and stuff like that they would have to do that mm-hmm. that's what kind of makes me think aye aye and it is it's just it, it all like pays off like just all these really elaborate camera works just visually really just pays off essentially so I guess under the impression you enjoyed the film Trevor certainly did Um, I've kind of got well I've spoke to you about this through the week Um, like the the bad in this I can't remember the the guy's name what's What's the name Uh, (laughs) the bad uh, I don't know oh sorry no I'm not this isn't obviously what you were talking about but it's kind of like do you notice that um Korean cinema gets influenced by any other I suppose like western cinema is kind of like the last to get an influence I suppose, in a way mm-hmm. um, and it kind of like runs with it for a while um, and I noticed that like I'm a big fan of Itchy the Killer mm-hmm. and they've kind of got this whole like like the super cool seromasochistic sort of villain which I thought he was very very similar to like uh, I think the dude's name's Tad- Tadanobu Asano, Asano right. or Kakihara He's mm-hmm. like the dude with the safety pins in his face. Yeah. And I saw a lot of parallels between him and Kim Young Hunk. You're man crush. I'm gonna that's just gonna get called Stuart's Man Crush. I was on a past podcast on fire, I referenced them as the joke only works if I could pronounce it right and I never pronounce it right. Obviously the actor is Lee Byung Hun. Yeah. But I think pronounce him as Lee Byung Yum. <laughs> no. so, yeah, yeah, Lee, Lee Byung Yum. Um, I found obviously like short of the, the crazy hair and stuff, but when he sort of takes out like the guy that he's working for and stuff, it's like he's kind of just got this glint in his eye, mm-hmm. and he, I think he just loves being in the middle of like the shit kicking off. Yeah, and I sort of saw a wee bit of similarities, but it mm-hmm. wasn't a bad thing though because I think you can get enough of those kind of characters who look like mm-hmm. they're proper enjoying what they're doing. Aye. so it was. When like he his character got introduced to Mangil, shows his body. Really. <laughs> we'll get to that a bit later. Okay, but uh, when they basically corner Mangil in the bar, and he's like, "Well, who are you?" And he's mm. like, "I'm Park Chan Yee." And he basically says, uh, "You're the man that turns into a dog when he's drunk." So essentially, <laughs> saying when you're drunk, you turn into a fucking madman. I think was 
And then he sort of laughed and then realised, like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm in a bar with that, the man. Like, crazy cunt. Mm. <laughs> crazy cunt. <laughs> but it's, it does, when, like, fights kick off in this movie, there's just... They just get pretty, like, epic. Like, uh, in that moment there, when they have that confrontation, then, basically, Park Chan, he just does a fucking junk kick across the table and the table... F- flips out the rod and yeah. there's always like a lot of elaborate wire work actually I could I'm thinking now I could see a difference uh, between the weird when the weird's got his confrontations they're more comical like the way yeah, he's, he's yeah. getting out of scenes like he's springing doing the bamboo flips back knocks a dude out yeah. Fox trying to look for him and he's crawling up the set in the background climbing <laughs> over the wall whereas <laughs> when it gets to the bad it's more explosive his yeah. fight's just are chaotic and beating fuck down so it's like they each have their own different tone yeah, like really vicious aren't they like, mm. as, as opposed to the, the slapstick stuff aye mm. aye and the goods <coughs> like I feel almost he was the weakest character in this movie yeah. like the weird is easily the strongest but mm. I reckon if that's because he gets like the most screen time like the movie really focuses on the weird mm-hmm. and the good happens just always seems to show up and save the day like He's in the very, he's in like the opening of the movie, like on the train, mm. and they, they do these wee subtle hints. Like I've watched the movie maybe four or five times now, yeah. so you can see the good uh, be walking about on the train at the like, beginning. Is not like lying there with a hat? He's, he's lying sleeping, sleeping as they're sleeping. fighting outside. Yeah. Aye, but it's like when the weirds walking through the train. Yeah, the good passes him like he's got like the hood up covering the face yeah. but they like they sort of pass each other on the train then he is sleeping when there's violence going on yeah. and then he just introduces himself by shooting someone pa- uh, uh, point blank range in the face yeah. <laughs> I, I think like well looking at ev- I suppose even just last year and whatnot, you've like, like Batman and stuff mm-hmm. where now, like a bounty hunter I don't think he would want to be as much in the spotlight Mm-hmm. What, and whether or not the directors kind of went that way because the same with like Batman cause like, like every, everybody kicks off for they always say oh but the, the Joker's well the villains always get more exposure etc but mm-hmm. I suppose that's the kind of way that whether or not the director wanted to do the same thing mm-hmm. say like well look, the bounty hunter's always kind of lurking in the background and not a massive sort of part of it not being at the forefront mm-hmm. no. but again he's, he's like one of, in one of the funniest set pieces um, where like the weird's trying to get away and he's just sort of sitting and enjoying his tea and he's like alright because so. nah, it's, it's just it does have like he, he is he basically does bring like he is the com- the comedy piece of this movie like aye. he's always got the funny moments he needs a straight man I think to, to kind of play off that as well aye aye like when he's running away from the train and he's got the map and he's doing his wee jog <laughs> and the good's sitting firing shots him and like shoots the bag open so all the money <laughs> and the coins fall out and he's like <laughs> and like eventually when like the good captures him and they're just walking and he's tied up on the horse and like it just shoots the rifle at him and he's like <laughs> and he's going mental and he's like what the fuck are you doing why he's like sorry <laughs> and then he's just sitting looking over his shoulders and pointing the gun at him and going aye <laughs> but just Song Kang Ho is just a brilliant character actor because the words when they're talking in the making of when they're writing the script and people are reading the script all they was like so Song Kang Ho's the weird and it's like they've not even cast it yet they've not even gotten a choice but all they could just see so many characteristics between okay. him being this oddball actor and this oddball character in the film like a, is he kind of typecast then he's always uh, he's always just like cause, he, he could play anything really yeah. aye because I guess like for the 
films off the top of my head. He was in. He was the lead in Thirst, and that was a that was a more oh, serious one. Uh, the vampire one. rape. I, vampire rape. I just, I just minded the cover where it's like the priest getting raped. Well, by a woman, female <laughs> vampire, obviously. Aye. But in like the host, he's like the the Aye, the comical like the, the, the dad that's just sleeping in the shop, like who's not really like. So he does kind of have like that sort of trait of just like the lazy bum, yeah, kind of. And I obviously these characteristics, they just thought he's ideal for the weirds mm-hmm. and like all these comical moments. And again, going back to the anal rape scenes that you're 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 <laughs> dropping, uh, it's just like the moment where he does he shoves a fucking rod up the dude's arse. Mm. Then he looks to the children's like children, cover your eyes, and then he fucking <laughs> knocks the rest of the rod up the dude's arse. <laughs> but it's like just the inaudible sound the dude makes. Like he gets something up his arse going, oh! and then he goes right up and goes. Oh! <laughs> it's like when it goes too far it's like oh. it doesn't go too far for their boy though <laughs> <laughs> fucking came as he died but I just love how like the children basically picked up on it it's like oh no this dude's gonna get hurt and all children like threw them onto the back of each other like <laughs> running like a wee fucking <laughs> battering ram shoving a rod up the other dude's arse yeah. just a wee giggle we done and it happens it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, close your eyes, children. <laughs> thumps the rest of the inches in. <laughs> and it is, like, with the is slapstick kind of humour like a, a big hallmark in Korean cinema? Because, mm, like, a lot, <laughs> a lot of people always really hate when, in, when Korean cinema is described as quirky. Mm. Like, it could be a serious film. And then there's just these little comical moments slotted in, mm. but it, 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 I think it just works in this instance. Like, sure, there's films like uh, the good, not the good, the bad, the weird, uh, <laughs> Tale of Two Sisters, uh, Bittersweet Life, I Saw the Devil, like dead serious, straight face, nothing funny going on. But when it's another film, like they always just seem to like just jam a little bit of comedy into it, mm. and it, it works d- depending like on the guy that's doing it but Song Kang-ho just seems to be such like a reliable actor that could always seem to bring the funny essentially because mm-hmm. I love these uh, his grand in this as well grand ah. is epic <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she's left in the cupboards it's just like she looks most, like a familiar to me like for a fucking American film <laughs> So she's like, like an old granny just sitting in, in the background <laughs> or something but she was. It just seems like she just hibernates until somebody touches her. And like, Granny's like, eh. <laughs> and it's like, out the cupboards. But then she also like she's like bulletproof as well. Because when it all kicks off, she's still alright. <laughs> she <laughs> just sat there and didn't react to any bullets. Mm-hmm. She probably just tin a couple and just never got in through like the 15, 15 fucking kimono she's wearing, <laughs> keeping herself warm in the cupboard. But, um, oh. I'll obviously admit that like, I do really like the film. Yes. It's mm. nothing wrong with it. I rented it when it first came out just to see what it's like. Like, obviously, some things. But the main complaint about Korean films is they're always a minimum of two hours. They're always a yeah. a big time investment in them. Although I guess it's like American, not American cinema. <laughs> uh, big blockbuster movies nowadays are always like a minimum of two hours. Mm. 
they're all running like 245 and everything mm-hmm. like that seems to be your like blockbuster standard it's always usually about two and a half hours Ooh, yeah. so like watching Korean cinema is almost like a break now <laughs> but it's I did like it originally and I think after watching it and standing it away I kept just ring, like thinking back to it and remembering all these great bits I liked about it mm-hmm. and I just thought it was like I, when I got like got caught, got a Blu-ray player and things like that, that must have been on sale. Yeah. And I thought brilliant, and I, it just has like a really upbeat feel to the film. Like I, if it is just like the wee clapping, chapping music, where it's oh, like the music that made me think of fucking like a Final Fantasy Western. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a Gypsy Wedding, <laughs> just, oh. with like El Mariachi <laughs> meets Gypsies. <laughs> I think like well, but like the palette and stuff that's used, like the colours, there is Aye. really, really vivid. And when uh, I think it's when they first go to, um, oh, what did you call it? it was the just, ghost market. The ghost market. It reminded me of like one of the scenes in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they're out, like searching for the art, just the mm-hmm. the big structure. I don't know, they want like massive scaffolds and that in Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I just like that wow. And I think there's some, uh, I might be wrong in thinking, but there was a very sort of similar riff on Indiana Jones, where like they've got swords and guns. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of reversed, but I'm maybe just making that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, I'm, the, I'm sure there was there, like there is a reference. Like I looked up IMDb about the movies it was referencing. It does reference half a dozen westerns, but Raiders of the Lost Ark is mentioned amongst like Sweet. influences mm-hmm. and things like that. Have any on this? <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was just like. It, it really picks up towards like the end. Like it, mm. it does kind of slow down at points. Mm. Like when uh, Tegu gets captured by the opi- the opium den and he has to break out there. Like he seems to keep getting captured and things yeah. like that. But when it gets to the point where everyone knows where they're going and they're all racing to the final goal, yeah. um, I forgot the word to say after that part. I was leading up to it and, I was like, and they're all going to their um, goal. Well, I could I could interject because you asked me like through the week as well um, if it was in any way similar to the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's some similarities with regards to uh, like they've got like one common goal, mm-hmm. um, and sort of two of them do team up. Where uh, I think like well Clint Eastwood's playing like Mama No Name again, and I, the name escapes me for the guy who's he's bound to who he's captured. They kind of team up, which mm-hmm. is sort of what happens with that. And then you've got like Lee Van Cleef as well, um, who's in there, and he's a bad, well, sort of the bad guy. But other than the fact of those, there's nothing really sort of like cinematically like Leone, really, because mm. you haven't got like the like really like the super close-ups or extreme close-ups. Um, you've got like your three-way standoff at the end, yeah, which aye, is aye. similar. But there's no kind of like like rousing score to kind of bring any tension to it. But I think it, it borrowed enough from it. That you could see it, but mm-hmm. not as in complete like, plagiarism. So mm. I, just, I thought I'd drop that in because you didn't. Aye, mm. well, I've I've picked up. Aye, and I just like reason fifty-five why I like Song Kang Ho. Like the moment where he's driving his wee his wee motorbike and he's being chased by the Japanese soldiers and oh, it's got holes the he holds the knife and puts it in his teeth and he's getting ready to do the jump and he moves the bike and he's like whoa 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 and when they jump they just both switch places he jumps onto the jeep as the guy yeah. jumps onto the bike and the bike just flips off and wipes that dude out I just thought it was really well done there's a bit of effort when he finds the dynamite 
He puts it in the guy's bag and puts <laughs> it in the car. Aye. Aye. And the other gets up and is like, I'm fine. And you just see the string <laughs> in the background, the big plume of smoke. <laughs> so, um, that is. I have to think, there is like the small sub story about like the legend of like, the finger chopper. Aye. Mm. So, I was touched upon when they were. when the way he was actually there. The, the good way he was. The main person he was after Aye. was the finger chopper. Aye, that was his main bounty. Yeah. And obviously the movie just leads you to the impression that it's a part Chinese. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, like, they definitely played it well when, obviously, there was a fight at the ghost market and uh, Mangel, uh, Tegu's sidekick, yeah. basically gets caught and he pins him down. And he's sitting like trying to chop the finger. Yeah. Aye, hacking in, <laughs> and it, you're thinking, obviously, this must be the finger chopper. But yeah. the dude's doing like the worst. Like, the worst he's like this, the knife is blunt, <laughs> <laughs> and all the guys are like, get a knife, get a knife, <laughs> and the fucking shotgun goes off and wipes it. The dude with the umbrella, yeah. but it's just like I just like laughed at the moment where he's just sitting, he's like struggling, cutting. He's like, oh, there's fucking rain in my hair. Just, <laughs> I, I just can't properly kill this. Just chop this man's fingers off. But it was like obviously the, the clue was in the name, like finger chopper, and he was sitting there slicing away, like, and oh. it's it's just like as usual, uh, Kim Ji Won just being quite nasty, watching you, like the guy sitting just saw into the finger. That's what I, I found. Um, I, again, I don't know if this is a hallmark of like Korean stuff, but it's the violence is unflinching. It never ever sort of like turns away from ah, it. Doesn't it cut away from and, it again? Like talking uh, well, but like I saw the devil as well. You ah. you kind of think well. This would be a nice time to cut, or it'd be nice to maybe pan away at this. Yeah. Oh, we're getting subjected to it. And it was, <laughs> but again, it's just such a nice kind of, um, what's what I'm looking for? A juxtaposition. I'd like to the humour and how bright the, the colours are and stuff. So it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of nice to get everything in there in the winner. Aye. And they always like, seem quite keen on getting blood on the camera lens. Aye. Like, yeah. Usually, at least every fight, there's got to be a wee. <laughs> just a wee shoot across the glass. And I do like. I do quite like that effect when they just like just throw blood at the camera. Aye. Is the film ever made in three D? No. No. That's what they do all the time now for three D. Just throwing shit at cameras. Yeah. I love Texas Chainsaw three D. Don't watch that shit. <laughs> so, um, I'll go into some trivia. The movie was originally released seventeenth uh, of July two thousand eight. So opening weekend it took in one million six hundred thousand uh, Korean won. It got its UK release a year later, mm-hmm. uh, February two thousand nine. By that point, after its US release, its full Korean cinema run and UK run, it achieved forty four million US dollars. Right. And for a film that only took ten million to make, no, like oh he'll be oh you can make some more right. ah exactly. <laughs> So, and at that point, it was actually considered the most expensive Korean film made, 10 million. <laughs> so. But like you're saying, though, it is, it's on a grand scale, and when you when you talk about, like, you, you would assume it would be blue screen a lot of it, but mm-hmm. if it's all done a lot of it live action, yeah. it, it does show as well, though, because it does look really, really good. Mm-hmm. But um, when looking actually on the DVD extras of this, but I should say blurry. It actually gives you uh, five different endings. Oh, 
So I've got a brief roundup of the endings. First of all, when the, the real ending, or is this what you're going to? Are, are you allowed to talk about the endings? Well, do you want to do a spoiler? We, like, we probably should have done that. <laughs> but they told you. Like we usually insist that you watch the movie before yeah. talking about it, but. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned, it goes into the the Mexican standoff, yeah. and basically, ending reveals that uh, the good survives. He's out doing his bounty hunt as usual, but it also reveals that the weird somehow survives. Like they put up a new wanted poster, and his fees went up. I did not see this at the very ends. No, I just thought it ended like that. Like when the credits come up, did you turn off? Aye. It was like after oh, the. After, I was in a hurry. <laughs> were you coming to but, meet us like ten minutes later? <laughs> no, it was like the bear was green. Oh, okay. <laughs> so aye, uh, it comes up, gives the director his credit, aye. the three main actors, and then it cuts back Fuck. to him walking to a bounty board, and they've got Park Chan Yee, and they just write uh, dead oh, on the poster, aye. and then they put up an up to date poster of. Um, the, the the weird aye Tegu yeah. and the poster that's up originally is his uh, finger chopper mm-hmm. look where he's got the wild hair and they yeah. take that dude and then they put it up with him wearing a hat and he's clean shaven yeah. and it's increased the bounty on him and it basically fade it cuts to Tegu on his bike just driving off into the distance and yeah. it ends like that but on the Blu-ray extras the first alternative cut is that same ending, but as the good turns around, it's the weird getting onto his bike, and they both stop, and the good reveals his new poster, saying that his bounty's been raised, and they go into one more standoff, and as mm. the guns fire, it cuts the credits. So you never, so you never can mm. do it? Aye. The second ending, which is a, a more comical ending, it again has the good at the bounty board, and it, it shows you the reveal that the weird is still alive. Then it cuts back to the house where Mangil's lying ill on a bed and Granny's sleeping in her chair. And they've got all the funeral arrangements, like it's all the, the flowers from the funeral in the house. Mm-hmm. And the windy smashes and there's like a bag of money <laughs> comes through the windy. Then a wee jar of sweeties for Gran. And he, the, <laughs> the cousin's sitting counting all the money going, oh! And then a bag of basically maybe gold coins comes in, smacks him in the face and knocks him unconscious. <laughs> And he just hits the deck out cold, basically hit by a sack of money. <laughs> and then it just cuts to him driving off in the distance. Yeah. Third one, the good collects his bounty, buys a new rifle, and basically goes after the weird. And just same weird driving off into mm-hmm. the distance, credits. The fourth one, it shows you, um, basically, it goes back to the scene of the Mexican standoff, and it's just a hand under the sand... And it was, they're not the clearest extras, so you can't tell if it was the bad, but they keep mentioning he's dead. So, But it's a hand under sand, and it just flips the bird. So they can, if it, I mean, like, the weird's still alive, or... What, color, what was that? Was it just a I, hand? I'm pretty sure there was someone wearing a glove. Like a pinky. Oh. The bad was wearing the black black leather gloves. But he revealed, did them off. But then he had a metal finger. Aye, so like, I, I didn't see that. They were just a hand with a glove, so that's why I'm not thinking it's the bad. Maybe it's the weird, but then it just cuts to him on his bike. But he didn't have gloves on. I reckon. I'll have to look at which for, hand was flipping the bird as well, because was it not the guy's left pinky that he lost? His left aye, hand. Cause it didn't, 
<laughs> Good visual representation yeah. there. <laughs> uh, but it's it's the last ending I find is the best one because when it was released to an international audience, they they left it with this cold ending of the shootout, yeah. and then like the sort of the Marvel thing later in the credits, you see there's a wee tail end to it. Yeah. But for the original Korean ending, they wanted to leave it on an upbeat ending, so. It has the same ending after the shootout, and it reveals like the weird standing up and walking away, and he pulls out the the iron, just an iron plate for under his jacket, yeah. and just going oh, just like just talking about the bruises on his chest, and then he finds a bag of dynamite, goes over to the bad, and just starts raking through his pockets, finds the diamonds that he took from the the dude that he bought the map, well the guy that had the map originally. Yeah. He finds the diamonds that he stole from the bank vault, and he's sitting giggling about this, and he's sitting filling the pockets of the bad with dynamite, just covering him in dynamite. Mm-hmm. And then the Japanese soldiers, soldiers appear and all point the guns at him, and he turns around and just pulls the dynamite lit and goes. <laughs> and the Japanese are like retreat, they all mm-hmm. run away, and then he realizes he he kind of has to turn out the fuse he drops it and drops into the bag of dynamite <laughs> <laughs> and it just cuts the credits as an explosion goes off yeah so it's just like a comical upbeat now end in a, there there's a wee reference there then with the, with the steel plate mm-hmm. um, and I've just completely forgotten the first in the series of Leone's um, Spaghetti Western trilogy The Good, The Bad, Nibbly was the last one sorry Fistful of Dollars um, that steel plate's a big reference to that then so mm-hmm. there you go Aye. I just made me think about the, the future, future. <laughs> <laughs> so um, aye, and there's another scene of the good uh, obviously still looking for the weird as if he survived the mass explosion uh, basically the good going into a gambling den and it's all old, I think it's the old bandits from uh, the bad's gang have like a gambling den and he basically wipes it all of them apart for one and basically just tells him like just tell me where the weird is mm-hmm. and then it just cuts to that so they wanted a more upbeat ending for their Korean audience but they're saying the director's the director's vision was the international ending the one that we saw he mm-hmm. wanted just the shootout to happen and then the tail off at the end so um the director, also Kim Ji Woon, says he liked this to be called a kimchi western, after a Korean food made with uh, fermented cabbages. He, he says he thinks the plot and film are spicy and vibrant, like Korean culture and people. So kind of a take on spaghetti western, then, really, but cabbage western. Aye, no. <laughs> fermented spicy cabbage oh, no. western. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, a sauerkraut western. <laughs> it's better than fucking dog meat western. Oh, oh. <laughs> true. That's way safe. <laughs> true though, the youth film has seen it. <laughs> so, uh, one other wee facts: uh, Jung Woo Sung broke his arm whilst filming the movie, and the making of on the Blu-ray shows you him breaking his arm. It's the ghost market, like basically when. Uh, Park Chan-hee is torturing Mangil yeah. and as the dude's opening the umbrella the shotgun goes off and it has the weird on the motorcycle and the good on the horse as they're running the shot the, the good rolls off the horse across his arm and just right across the scene <laughs> and they pick him up and 
obviously he's got these great shots of him when he's firing like the rifle and he whips around in a circle mm. he tries to do that and he just drops the gun and it's just his arms just killing him essentially mm. so they just bandage up put his glove back on and basically put him back on set <laughs> but fuck you I think you could tell like, you got budget you got stick <laughs> <laughs> I think it might actually could possibly be a reason why he wasn't in the film maybe as much mm. because there's points like it towards the end of the movie when like they're trying to find the gold like this treasure and they're having him digging and uh, the good's just standing there holding the gun with one arm and the other, his other arm's just limp at the side of him yeah. and it kind of just gives the impression maybe he was just being off his limited I thought it was because he's bad tash all the close ups he's bad tash that's why he can he help dig yeah no. <laughs> no, no, dig, motherfucker. What? He was never in the film. All right, he's really in the movie. Okay, because if he was ashamed of his moustache. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would think. I would be ashamed of that moustache. Would you throw yourself off a horse and break in your arm? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> punishing myself for shit hair growth. Have <laughs> that. Oh, <laughs> but uh, it obviously works because when it comes to nominations, uh, the movie was nominated for twenty-five awards across different <laughs> across the world, essentially. Uh, winning ten of those awards, nice. the most notable ones include uh, Jung Woo Sung uh, winning Best Supporting Actor at the two thousand nine Asian Film Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won both Best Director and Best Special Effects at the two thousand eight uh, Catalonian. International Film Awards yeah. and then at the Blue Dragon Film Awards in 2008 it got Best Director Most Popular Film Best Cinematography and Best Art Direction nice that is I think the main Korean cinema uh, film awards there so I think they'll also be quite popular in their hometown um, about the, the treasure as well you've not really mentioned that oh, yeah. aye aye it turns out it's not gold it's black gold <laughs> <laughs> I love like just the line that uh, Song kang has when like he finds just the pot and shoots it off and opens mm. it up he's like is the treasure rotten <laughs> and I thought is this some fucking buried <laughs> uh, toilet like is there just <laughs> like that it was sealed shut with fucking bolts mm. and it's like is there an outhouse in the middle of fucking China <laughs> but obviously once all they bloody shot themselves then aye, the, aye it just rains black gold yeah. <laughs> so um, internet response IMDB rated it 7.3 out of 10 based on 15,900 votes oh, that's good. and Rotten Tomatoes rated it 84% fresh based on 53 fresh reviews and 10 rotten so fucking 10 I, I would yeah, actually I look in look, I'd, I'd have to you're always going to get haters on the internet aren't you mm-hmm. can I please everybody alright it'd probably just be like, they're Koreans <laughs> we don't speak English in this and, film <laughs> what the fuck subtitles you fucking asshole <laughs> oh shit and just oh. mm-hmm. crazy American <laughs> so uh, when it comes to availability, it is widely available on both yeah. DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, Amazon.co.uk have it DVD for four forty-nine and uh, Blu-ray for eight pounds. Nice. Released by Icon uh, Home Entertainment, and that's not just like a vanilla version, is that like with the that is of that is aye. Oh, that's good. good. Mm-hmm. Really good. And for I only watched some of the special features. Like it does have a, a feature-length making of documentary. Then it's got a 
clips on like they do with set design uh, costumes and it's got a uh, dude that's in charge of like basically all the sound and it shows you like the, the same scene of uh, Park Chani torturing the dude in the rain and it shows you the sound effects on their own the dialogue on its own and how he works all of them together nice. mm. so it shows you the scene a few times with all the different effects added or the music added to see how it enhances the scene mm. and I think that's the thing they say about uh, Kim Ji-Woon is that he really loves packing his DVDs with extras like he will go the extra mile to yeah. record all this footage because the making of documentary itself once it's covered the whole film the crew then go to the Cannes Film Festival and it shows you them at the festival oh. getting their pictures taken interviewed and just like the whole journey for him coming up with the idea to mm. them uh, on the opening night of the Cannes Fest- they're, they're Festival my favourite type that's kind of it's a deal breaker for me if I'm buying a Blu-ray is mm. What are the extras like? And if you've got a hefty making of, mm-hmm. then your quid's in, like. Aye. That's for me, I'm tempted to get the fucking the, the, the nine disc edition of Lord of the Rings trilogy. Making <laughs> <laughs> way, I've already got the trilogy on Blu ray already, but I will buy the extra. I never watched See, it. like, value for money, I've got to say Prometheus. Like, the making of that, four mm. and a half hours oh, documentary. It is God. amazing. Um, but. I've, I've, I've never actually seen anything that long for just a film. Aye, like a trilogy maybe or something mm, to go aye, across. But this but is proper in depth, but it never gets boring though. Nah. So it's it's a four and a half hours well spent. Mm-hmm. It's not Korean. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess this will be a decent time for a wee break. Then we'll yeah. get back, Gun. talk a little bit more. <laughs> Kim Ji Woon and the boys want a coffee in that. I'm still talking on mic. Sure. <laughs> so yes, stay tuned for more Kim Ji Woon banter and our take on the Last Stand. Yeah. 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 Yes. Stay <laughs> tuned. I think I want to see you. Said you came to come. now is Paul Quinn of Hangul Celluloid fame, a Korean cinema guru. Welcome. Thank you very much. I wouldn't consider myself a guru by any standards, but I'm here. Um, <laughs> and, you know, thanks for inviting me and all that. Aye, not a problem. Uh, so, that is us just tuned out our discussion of uh, the good, the bad and the weird with Andy and Trevor, but I thought I'd catch up with Paul and get his opinion on the good, the bad and the weird. So, we'll take it right back to when you actually first he- uh, heard about this film. Did you like originally catch up with it on like the festival circuits? Uh, I did, I did, yeah. Um, I, I, I've been trying to think, you know, whenever I knew I was doing this, I thought, when did I... I know I saw it at a festival, but I can't remember exactly when, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that, it's that same thing as people keep saying, what was the first Korean film you watched? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, it, it was a while ago. My memory's not what it was. Um, it was definitely at a festival, and obviously then I went and bought the DVD. I mean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, mm-hmm. I've been a Kim Ji-Woon fan for, you know, forever. Um, mm. So, as soon as I saw that 
that cover shot of the three standing there it just it blew me away and you just think I've got to see that the first opportunity I can mm-hmm. you know and I, I've even got to the point where years ago I, I made that the centerpiece of the banner on my website and over the years you think I should change that and you think I can't it's just so <laughs> it's so iconic it's just mm-hmm. there it, you know, it so. would make such a cool poster like it is just you can't you, it can't be it can't be bettered it's, it's just, pretty badass you know as is mm-hmm. the film itself I mean I love the good the bad and the weird mm-hmm. simply because of what it is yeah and well, that was the thing. One of our main discussion points uh, early on was uh, this this wee joke about the title, like in Korea, how it's uh, basically the nickname nom, of the nom, film nom. is yes, yeah, nom nom nom, which is like sounds like internet humor, but um, well, maybe you could explain say, further. Well, I mean, from from my point of view, all the especially Korean girls and. I apologise to any Korean girls that are listening to this, but an awful lot of them use this phrase, num num num, to sort of almost exaggerate the way they feel about something. And there's a there's even a drama, My Girlfriend's a Gummy Ho, which is mm. it's very it's very teen girl stuff, but it is quite funny. And and one of the big parts of that is the main character every time she sees me, she she goes up to people and goes, can I have that num 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 I num 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 love it, you know, and it's just, it's more than just yum yum, it's almost I've got to have it, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to it's, it's, and it just from my from my point of view, it, it sort of sums up the good, the bad and the weird because it's so, oh, everything it's got to be this, got to be this um, so uh, from my my point of view, that's immediately what I thought of when I heard it was known as num num num. It's mm-hmm. just that exaggeration of oh excitement of fun of everything and it just sort of fits with it. Obviously <laughs> that's what I'm thinking Paul's the man to ask these questions because to us like it's just saying the 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 because they did have uh, like the Korean word and then it finished with nom and it basically the end of each word was nom and then we thought are they just highlighting the and I thought that that has to be more to it than that so it, it's, 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 as I say you know I mean you could take it from that but as soon as I saw it it's just like really 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 you know it's <laughs> almost like really 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 good they're really 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 bad and they're really 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 weird it's, <laughs> it's, it's just got that little excited foot tapping thing to it mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And as I say, you know, till the day I die, that's the way I'm going to think of it because it just fits with the whole film. Yeah, aye, that is actually like a great way to think of it because it is like a real energetic, uh, fast-paced, and it's like laced with comedy and and this is just supposed to, like you're expecting just a set western, but it's totally, like, and it, it it is it is throwaway at the end of the day. You know, it's not <laughs> going to change your your thoughts on life the universe or anything but yeah it's it's you know you're on the edge of your seat when he's on that motorbike and yes. you know that scene goes on for hours <laughs> and normally that would really really piss me off but it doesn't because it just just holds you there you're just like this mm-hmm. is nuts man it, you know it's just it works on every level and it just screams dum 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 
Aye. <laughs> so, um, upon talking last time, you, you actually dropped in that you've actually spoke with uh, the director, Kim Ji-Woon. Now so you see, I, I like the way you do that. You, mm. you make it seem that I'm being told that I've got to talk about him rather than me having to just name drop him. Yeah, um, exactly. Which I would have done anyway. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, as we were saying, you know, it's it's that whole thing. I was a huge fan of his right through Tale of Two Sisters, Bittersweet Life. And, I mean, even The Quiet Family, comedy though it is, mm. it's it's pretty dark stuff in, in parts. And when, when I met him after, you know, after The Good, The Bad and The Weird, I was like, well, you know, how, do, how does that fit? And... There really was, and schizophrenic's the wrong word because it just makes him seem nuts. Because he mm-hmm. and he's not, but there's there's like two completely different sides to the guy. There's a one side that's really he wants everybody to know how much he's into his philosophy, how much he thinks about this, and how much themes and whatever else matter to his films. And there's the other side of him where you mention, you know, you mention a character in a fishing helmet being shot at and there's the sparkle in his eyes he's just he loves his just big funny for the sake of it as well he's really not one not the other it's very distinct you know it's and you also can't shut him up much like myself you know once i i had a i think i had a 10 minute interview with him i was still there an hour later because he just, he keeps going. He's so into talking about his films, regardless of what they are. Um, and I think his early stuff anyway, right up to the good, the bad, and the weird, he was really proud of. I know he had a lot of problems with I Saw the Devil, and he's had a fair few problems since from from my mind, as we'll, I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about later. Um, but I guess the good, the bad, and the weird was his his chance to just go expansive and just do mm-hmm. fun, fun stuff. Aye, because they, they all mentioned that, like, it, it, it has got a great UK release with, like, that making-of documentary that's feature-length in itself. And it's he talks about how it's his, like, his broadest project today, the sets, the, like, the, all the filming in China and things like that. And well, you can even... sort of, you can sort of, I keep interrupting you, don't I? Oh, um, go ahead, man. <laughs> You can sort of almost see it coming. I mean, again, when I when I knew I was doing this, you sort of think back, and if you look at a tale of two sisters, you can see there's so much beauty in those those scenes. I mean, that house is gorgeous at the start, mm-hmm. and you just think if he gets the chance to get big and expansive, he's going to blow it through the roof, and that's exactly what he did with the good, the bad, and the weird. It's almost you know Kim Ji Woon letting everything out. Mm-hmm. And he is, and he's good at doing that. So, yeah, I like it, the dude's explosive, and for like the descriptions, I don't want to be like the guy that kind of mentions it, but he he could almost be compared to like from these attributes you're saying there to almost a Quentin Tarantino esque well not style, but like the guy's personality seems very. Very much so. Aye. Very much so. And, mm. you know, yeah, you could say the same thing about Tarantino. He's all mm. over the place. Mm. And they both do it really well, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, you, 
Korean film snob, I'll always say Tarantino mm-hmm. nicked from this Asian film and that Asian film. Has to be said, Kim Ji-woon does as well, except it's an Asian stealing from Asian stuff rather mm-hmm. than an American stealing from Asian stuff. They're, they're of the same... They're from the same mold, really, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and let's face it, Tarantino likes the sound of his own voice as well. So, <laughs> But yeah, sort of sums it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Aye. This is like... Aye, definitely. Uh, so, obviously, you know, I'll, I'll transition onto the movie that the guys are about to talk on in a couple minutes. Uh, the Last Stand. Thumbs up, uh, thumbs down. I've, I've got both thumbs really really far out in front of me pointing downwards um i (laughs) i had such a problem with the last stand oh um i i sort of you know know, you go in and you you expect it to be what it was um Mm -hmm. but i was really just i was really disappointed you know just yeah there there are a few scenes that you know certainly in the in the the escape of the convict and whatever else that have cinematography they they do and and they've got you just sort of think yeah you can see that coming from the good the bad and the weird as well it's the same sort of deal um Mm. it just i don't know it just didn't work for me on any level and i don't think it was down to arnie i really think it was down to hollywood you know Mm. um after the last time you and i spoke i actually went back and I never read my own stuff because typos worry me and I make a lot of typos. Um, Mm -hmm. But I went back and read that interview and the fact that he pointed out when I asked him about, it was before The Last Stand, but I said, hey, you're doing a film called The Last Stand. Why? Sort of thing. And he actually pointed out that he had no interest in doing an American movie. It was, or he said he he didn't anyway. Um, The reason it came about was he was asked and he could make money, and it would put his name further forward, and he just thought, why not? But mm-hmm. there was there was no feeling that, oh, look, I'm going to work in Hollywood, which I, I would imagine if you'd asked Park Chan Wook before Stoker, what do you think he'd have been stoked if you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I said <laughs> oh. that. Oh, oh, you might have to cut that bit out. Um, I'm just hanging up, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's good. Um, Woo! Well, you know, it's the evening. I've been drinking coffee all day. I have no excuse whatsoever. Um, but you get the feeling he'd have been excited about it, whereas from what Kim Ji-woon said, he, he really wasn't. He was just making a movie that mm. was going to get his get his name known, maybe get his other films seen, maybe get him more money to go back to Korea and make the next film that he wants to make. Yeah, possibly. You know, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know what you felt about it, but I would imagine. Uh, to me, I think it, it felt like it was 20 years too late. If I'm not thinking of it as a Kim Ji-Woon film, I'm thinking of it as just like an action film. Mm. Like, Arnie, he's really... Like, this is him coming back to acting really, kind of, like, okay. I th- I think yeah. that almost maybe crippled the project to begin with. I think it like, probably... Ah, he's like, oh Christ! Like he's doing action films again. So I think there might be a part of his audience already turning against the film, going, oh, really? And I think <laughs> I think most people really, you know, I mm-hmm. I, I, did, I didn't have a problem with Arnie films 
back in the day because they were of that time, as you say. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of been and done. And I know Stallone's been doing stuff, but it's yeah. sort of been and done as well. Like, you know, let's let's move on. You think, you know? Mm-hmm. But act, it's Hollywood. What do we know? <laughs> well, indeed. Well, yeah. Well, what does Hollywood know? Mm-hmm. You know, if I could get some of those people in front of me and at a table, I'd have a few things to say and I'd be thrown out because, you know, Hollywood's a big part of why I got into Korean cinema because I was sick of sitting watching films and at the end of two hours, I'd think, I've just watched a film for two hours and that's all that came to mind. Whereas Korean stuff, more often than not, you know, mm-hmm. you'll get you'll get the odd piece of rubbish but a lot of times you end up sitting on the edge of your seat or at least left something to think about mm-hmm. ah, good note okay uh, we'll wrap it up there Paul uh, why don't you drop us some plugs where people could find your work okay you can find my site at com. I'm on facebook at facebook.com slash hangelcelluloid my twitter's at at hangelcelluloid um, I'm there somewhere be worth finding me. I, I, you know, a lot of my posts are silly, but some of them are worth it, you know. Hmm. And again, thank you for your time tonight, Paul. Cool. No problem at all. And again, thanks for inviting me. How are you, Sheriff? Old. Bye. I guess we just caught you looking at uh, Lee Byung Hun yeah. <laughs> on your phone he's, he's watched it how do you know he's hung <laughs> but like that is the dude that has basically gone well off in this situation Not, not I don't mean he's well off <laughs> well, well awfully hung but um, like he's made the transition into like American movies is fairly it? easy he's I've not seen the film it's no like a film I'm Hurrying up to see you. He was in the original G.I. Joe. C. Oh. Tates. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So, he was, I guess, just token Asian bad guy mm. who lived, essentially, I guess. Bad guy's living it? Well, he's in the sequel. Is he? Right, so he's <laughs> back in that. And oh, he's in the head, of, in the head of the fucking... Like the Cobra. Cobra. Commander, man. Oh, fuck that shit. I don't know if he I think, was he not... Uh, <laughs> some kind of relation to Snake Eyes? I reckon. I reckon. G.I. Joe was before me. <laughs> so, there was. Like, obviously, he, he appeared in that film, and he's obviously in the sequel, and this year he's also uh, battling Bruce Willis in Red 2, where he is now uh, being repackaged, where they've done the thing where they've realised his first name is actually his last name, so they swapped it around. So, he's now uh, uh, Byung Hun Lee, which. I guess kind of like kind of sounds better, hmm. and it's and his second name's Lee, like Bruce Lee. Aye, it's like B <laughs> and Lee. So hey, he's he's like from Asia, and he's got surname <laughs> Lee. He's gonna be related. It's his son or something. That's what it's gonna be like, and they'll fuck to see him, which is not a bad thing. But it's Ooh. just it's just like that thing, like in the most recent episode of Walking Dead, where uh, Mero and Daryl were talking in the woods. And so that just would beat up the Chinese boy. It's like, he's Korean. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's going to be my answer to all of it. <laughs> like Bruce Lee. Spoilers! <laughs> you only have seen it, I'm saying. The Koreans. Was Chris Korean? That was Chinese Day. He's American, that's not the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> but we just have to have that wee sound like, he's Korean. This uh, somebody really rednecky saying Korean. <laughs> somebody <laughs> trying to be politically correct, but also red. <laughs> but um, he is, he's appeared in like a few mediums. He's remember the uh, Lost Planet video games. Yes. Ah, he's the the character model for that. Like when it's all oh, the cutscenes, it's his. He was a dude scanned into the computer event, basically. Mm. Like. Bruce Willis and Apocalypse on the PlayStation 1. Never played that. No. Yeah, Aliens Attack. He's shooting laser guns at the White House whilst, whilst listening to System of, System of a Down. <laughs> very, very strange video game. But that's got fuck all to do with Korean cinema. Or, he was, it? <laughs> he was, I guess Bruce Willis later goes on to star in Red 2 with Lee Byung Hun. Yeah. So Full circle. Real well, and you've also got his uh, his his involvement in Planet Ho- Planet Hollywood with uh, Big Arnie as well. That's they were the three founders. And you got some real fucking tenuous thing for you. Okay, <laughs> Ropey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, before we dive on to the last stand, I'll run through some of his uh, previous films, and we'll just see like who's watched what. So. <laughs> you just shake your head, Andy. <laughs> you want you want your coat? <laughs> oh, you don't have one. Don't mock me. I've been metal. <laughs> so, uh, one of his big first films was um, the Silent Family, which will ring a bell with you, Andy, because it's about a family that open a, a mountain and a, like a a B and B on the side of a mountain. And every person that stays in the B&B commits suicide. And the family have to bury the bodies in the mountain. And that film later went on to get remade by uh, Takeshi Miki as The Happiness of the Katakuris, where it's a musical version of the same film. Mm. Family set up a B&B and... Is the house kind of like on stilts? Um... There was a landslide at one point where all the bodies were revealed. Like all the bodies they buried came back out. I didn't mind it being on stilts. Okay. But I've never seen The Silent Family. It starred uh, Choi Min Sik, like old boy. It had him, like that was his first work with him, and he was part of this family that were burying the bodies in the mountain. I've never, it has got like a UK release. But I've never gone around seeing it. Well, I, I've, I've I've seen Happiness of the Catacoos many moons ago. Aye, but I, aye. it was uh, it's very surreal, out there. Surreal, why? Aye, aye. So like I think like I haven't looked at that first, but that was my first uh, exposure was the Happiness of the Catacoos, and then realising it was re- the remake of a very dark uh, Korean film. Yeah. And it stopped there. Never looked any further into it. I can't remember anything. So. <laughs> For that house, that's in that film or not. The house that's in stilts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Wood. <laughs> <laughs> not actual stilts. Alright. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a circus house. <laughs> and his next, also, I think his big film was uh, Tale of Two Sisters, which was 
uh, kind of planted out as like amongst the the J horror craze when films such as Ring and Grudge this mm-hmm. was put out there with its obviously its poster art was uh, two girls sitting on blood covered well white dresses covered in blood with their parents standing behind them. I know, I've not seen that yet. You haven't seen that yet? No, I bought it for you, you never fucking let me see it. Well, it's because it was bought for me, not for you. Fucking I've not got a list in front of me, so I'm trying to think of the other ones off the top of my head. Uh, There was A Better Sweet Life, which is uh, Lee Byung-hun, and it was like a sort of dark mobster thing, where he's the right-hand man of a crime lord and he had to go pick up the boss's girlfriend and he re- discovers that she's having an affair and of course the boss gives him an order to kill the boyfriend and make basically just do the boss's orders eh? but he has like the moment where he's like leave the country I'll I'll tell him I've killed you and you're gone just just leave the country and of course he doesn't and the boss finds out uh, obviously 2008 brought us the good the bad and the weird and then 2010 was another huge jump with I Saw the Devil. So, obviously, both of you guys are aware of that film. Yeah, I've seen that. It was good. It was a film I was highly anticipating, and as soon as I got hold of it, like a bootleg, I got <laughs> Andy out into the house and never told what our, our basically the wives, what the film was about, and they yeah. were horrified. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that brings us, well, I'm ignoring all of the uh, short films he's done. Oh, they were short? He has done, uh, oh, we've actually went right past The Foul King. Uh, from the year 2000 it's another uh, Song Kang-ho collaboration and it's the story of like a bank teller who's getting sick of his day job and basically becomes a wrestler on the side called the Foul King and eventually the two worlds collide so they can well it's the worst banking as a wrestler Aye, I can how I've not seen it so I can how it turns out but it, it's supposedly well the guy's no done a a bad movie essentially to me so far mm. that, that'll be that's next on my list so again Aye. new recommendations mm-hmm. what's three like um, <coughs> that is one I wanted to speak about his short films it's no short it's two or 20 minutes it's three short films together by three different directors one for Japan oh. Korea and China so just, just close your phone eh? shut your bus <laughs> doesn't he say that here Put down the phone no. and listen to your host. It's no true. Right? <laughs> so yes, there is a, a project that they've done, uh, Three and uh, Three Extremes, where it was a Korean director, Chinese director, and I think one of them was uh, Thai, was the first one, and then they've done a follow-up one, and it was uh, Korean, Japanese, so it was like Takashi Miki, uh, Park Chan-wook, the other one was uh, Kim Ji-woon, and like Hong Kong directors like Fruit Chan and uh, Peter Peter Chan maybe for the first one but actually bringing that up I'm, I'm also going to call Dibs right there because these uh, three movies are both on DVD in the UK yeah. so I think that would be a good double bell which is essentially six short films but it's all got big actors in it like Lee Byung-hun is in the Park Chan-wook movie and yeah. he's like a horror director that wakes up on a set and he's uh, tied to a wall and his wife's tied to a piano with piano strings on every finger and then there's just a a crazy guy laughing in the middle and then there's a child tied to a couch and it basically, for what I could remember, if he wants his wife to live, he needs to kill the child. 
That sounds like very a... similar to a Serbian film. Mm. So, um, so mm. still to watch that. Aye. So this is this is from the old boy director. So it kind of like his sinister tones and things like that. So I watched it when it very first came out. But um, Kim Ji Won did do a couple other short films. One called uh, Coming Out. And that's an extra on the Quiet Family DVD. It's a, like a video diary between a brother and sister. And I think the brother reveals to the sister that he's actually a vampire. So oh, I thought it was going to be. Exactly. <laughs> and the other one which I'm quite interested in seeing is a Doomsday Book, which is a three short films about basically the apocalypse happening in different ways. Yeah. Uh, Kim Ji-Win directed one of the three segments. The other two segments is by another director. And it's things about uh, like robots becoming self-aware. Yeah. Uh, and basically, when robots have ten, taken over uh, manual labor, but a robot, a robot working at a temple becomes enlightened, and basically the, the whole world falls to its feet. Yeah. And another one about a meteorite coming to Earth. Uh, one about uh, like a, something like a dad forgets to pick his uh, daughter up for school, and once he's picked her up all of a sudden it's a zombie apocalypse and the world's ending it's just like a blink and all of a sudden the fucking world's changed <laughs> around them so it's not had a UK release yet so I might just have to do a wee bit fishing about for that one but that might be actually worth looking into yeah. but uh, cutting past all that and we'll basically now discuss The Last Stand yeah. the governor's return <laughs> to <laughs> action cinema the disgraced governor <laughs> the disgraced governor. Ah, true. So, yeah, I guess when finding out... Well, originally the first news about Kim Ji-Woon going to America to do The Last Stand was teaming him and Liam Neeson together to do this movie. I reckon if this was at the height of uh, Taken and things like that, then this is just... Upon watching the movie, I reckon if it's too much action to be... A Liam Neeson type of film. It's sort of like one of these films where it needs to be your 80s beefcake gunner uh, actors. Beefcake, do you use that word? Well, he's like a beef bag now, essentially. <laughs> but, Meat suck. Aye, so it was like sort of these ones where it needs to be a guy running about with a shotgun. Like Liam Neeson's like a gun and then just fucking hand to hand combat. Pushing into like a, like a door hook. Yeah. So. I think he basically bowed out eventually. I think it was something to do with scheduling conflicts yeah. or basically he could have stopped the the guy crossing the border by slapping out his massive cock <laughs> and just <laughs> stopping the Mexican border right there. <laughs> Snapped the bridge. <laughs> just went, thump. <laughs> like, your dick chip marble, mine's a fucking knockout bridges. <laughs> 20 million to put it away. <laughs> so... Um, the story essentially is a Colombian cartel Mexican, leader is basically being transferred from prison to prison but breaks out through an elaborate scheme of and his elaborate crew who yeah that was the one that, <laughs> that, that, I think we were going to that yeah, but the bit where there's just a random woman like fire, like stand on top of the truck, fire, and you never see it again. The leather clad ninja yeah. with machine guns. That seemed like it was directly ripped off from the losers as well. Right. Because that happens in the losers where they just like steal the van with the deer in it uh, with a the big magnet and a helicopter. 
Mm-hmm. Magnets. <laughs> so, um, basically, this dude's trying to get to the Mexican border. Forrest Whitaker and friends are trying to stop him with the FBI. But the <laughs> the, <laughs> you said that like I just don't like a children's the cast, TV show. No, the cast of Friends. And oh. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Forrest and Friends. <laughs> I think, can I just? I'm gonna have to stop you there and say you're both wrong. This was a 90 minute advert for fucking Chevrolet. Oh, <laughs> oh my <laughs> Fucking bat car. The Corvette, and then the fucking. Um, you also had. Oh, what was the other one? The red one. The Camaro. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a Camaro. He was driving, well, Annie was driving the big Chevy pickup as well. It's like. Mm. I have heavy endorsement here, like. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably paid the budget. <laughs> I think so. Provided the car. Mm-hmm. So. But. Basically, this dude's driving to get across to the Mexican border the last town between that and the border is Summer Town or Summer Summerville Summer <laughs> all of us stop <laughs> caring <laughs> get the facts straight I'll pick my phone but the communards I think it is a Summer Town because it seems like it's not Summer Town it's uh, S-O-M-M well, I think he also bases, uh, he says at the end as well it's like Summerton aye um, and so it just seems like they just kept forgetting it's like like, welcome to something. <laughs> I just couldn't go over that like, Annie's bad tucky neck. Like, Holy shit. He's like, slowly becoming like a velociraptor. Just looking is. a little bit scaly. Summerton Junction. Aye. So, basically, Annie is the last stand between that man and the border. This is a really good cast, though. I, I didn't actually do any reading uh, on it at all. So, I, had, yeah. you know, I, I knew that Annie and Knoxville were in it. But then Aye. I was just like... Oh shit! Mexican. Oh my god, Ethan Hawke. Like, holy shit! Holy shit! Look at this guy! Look at this guy! Mm-hmm. And it was just like rakes of like, like deep, really good character actors they actually brought in for this because like, Luis Guzman, he's not really one for like rumps. This is what a tabloid would call a rump, I think. Right. Um, Guzman's like a great character actor, as is Peter Stormare, as well. And it was just like, holy shit! Look, these fucking guys are pulling out. And then also Harry Dean Stanton as well. They, they all did on the tractor. Nah, boy, he's awesome. <laughs> if you're not taking the self, you're taking the lead. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the old milkman had balls essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually expect him to fire the shotgun. No, not <laughs> just that. red feet and like fill your ass for the buckshot. <laughs> he was in a really um, quite a seminal eighties film um, called Repo Man, right? Uh, directed by Alex Sunday. Was that remade? I think it may have been recently. No. Repo Man, is that not like... Is that not Forrest Whitaker again, I think? I don't know. The original had Uh, Milo Estevez in it. And it just... It it goes fucking crazy. It's... I think it's just like a comment on like consumerism in the 80s and stuff. Because it's really, really well done. And Harry Dean Stanton's a bit of a badass in this. Um, And I think... I don't know, I always just sort of see him as the character from the repo man. So, like, yeah, he's a badass. <laughs> Even though he's older than fucking Dark Knight. <laughs> um, I just see him as that old man for Avengers. <laughs> the fucking night watch guard that gets his warehouse wrecked by the Hulk. That's right. <laughs> he's also blind in another film as well. And I can't remember what it is. Maybe some Adam Sandler vehicle. Mm. And he gets hit in the face with something and he says, asshole. <laughs> I can't remember. I guess obviously we'll have to warn people we are going into spoilers on this one because this is uh, still obviously quite a current film out yeah. in cinemas at the moment yeah. probably not doing as well <laughs> probably not doing well at all nah. I think um, 
was a we film. Were the majority of the, the crowd that went to see it. <coughs> yeah, we were three out of the five. Yeah, but, but this is kind of well, I'd say it's a, it is kind of like an eighties. It's like you said, a direct trying to throw back straight into like 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 this year yeah. where if you look at the attention spans of people these days mm-hmm. so I think I had to keep it proper fast paced and mm-hmm. kind of no brained really just to, to make sure that mm-hmm. um, the, the legions of fans will be oh, oh my god mm-hmm. uh, I thought you were going to say maybe it's not compli- complicated enough like where's the clean energy bomb <laughs> alright like where's the the second second subplot going to come in about this like where's the aliens coming from Manhattan <laughs> ah true but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, like having someone that linear. That was it was it was quite refreshing actually, just to kind of sit and switch off because it is one of those. It's, um, I mean, I can't even equate it to Starship Troopers, where there's like rakes of fucking subplots to that. Mm-hmm. Where, but you know, like one half of your brain could sit and just switch off and just mm-hmm. watch an all like, like a balls out action flick, yeah. which you can like, 100% do with this because mm-hmm. it's just it's kind of all style. There's a little bit of substance in it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. wouldn't be someone who got in buying Blu-ray but I fairly enjoyed it mm-hmm. it's it's sort of like one of these things that you've seen it and that's fine mm-hmm. like like I could say I've seen it it's it's not a terrible movie It's it, I, I wouldn't even say it's a bad movie it was fun aye and a little bit of me dies every time I see Arnie on film <laughs> after like maybe maybe post 1995 well it's just like oh god this is they're saying this is his first uh Leading film since Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. Oh, Jesus. This is his proper first full film since then, mm. and the thing is, basically, this they were saying this is his first film. This is him back full time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a good idea. So, no. and it is you're just watching like he is really old, mm-hmm. isn't he? Definitely. And it's it's just just there seeing was, him. <laughs> there was a, there was one particular where I think when he. He comes to rescue the two of them, and he's in the pickup, and he's holding the shotgun in his right hand, and he, it just looks quite frail at that point. Whereas, I mean, you've got one like Predator and shit, where he mm. at his prime, he'd be fucking picking up that nyang nyang, gonna shoot you nyang, and he's just like that. Oh, I'll get you. Uh, <laughs> and shaking like a shit. It was a bit at the very start when he was caught. He was like. <laughs> So he couldn't, he didn't have enough power in his arms to hold his fucking hands straight and just <laughs> waving in the wind. But whether or not then they, they use that as a nice kind of um, like a foil to like him being sort of like the old wise guy this time. Kind of like Aye, he's, he's, like he, like, he's, he's had the past, he was working in LA and yeah. to do all the drugs and now he's retired to the quiet little sunny town and he's just... Sitting on the lawn drinking a beer, yeah. and the worst thing that will happen is maybe the milkman's not showed up today. <laughs> the worst thing he could have went Stephen Cigar again, just like proper all out, just let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like half past pie, or sorry, half past dead. Um, where he's just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna talk like this, and I'm gonna tell you to go and do shit. Whereas Arnie's, I suppose, kind of got his finger out, maybe not gone as far as Sly, kind of like for the one like a boy. And, but he's kind of he's still in there I don't know how much sort of stunt doubles were used because <laughs> I think even when he was there's one where he kind of jumps out the bus onto the car bonnet that might have been him because he just looked so rickety he's just like shit break a hip. Ah, oh, I think the shot of him uh, grabbing the shooter on the roof 
and then just falling it might just clearly been an accident <laughs> like, it just, too much momentum was like shit <laughs> but yeah. just the, the unnecessary reasons I'm just going to shoot you in the head before I crash you <laughs> just, like this fall is going to hurt <laughs> I've saved you <laughs> put you out your misery before the bad fall I'm like, looking at that I wrote down that like this was like McTiernan on crack mm. like the, the squib hits like mm. holy shit I don't know if that might have been one of just the wee Kim Ji Woon things being yeah. held back into it because the story isn't his, he's just purely directing this one. So I don't know if it he is getting his way because some shots you notice, like uh, the cameras uh, following the gun and things like that. So I don't know if it's probably got some of his wee artistic thing ah. to it and uh, like the fade out between scenes where it's always like a, the, cam- the, the car's light flashing the camera. That it's fading to Forrest Whitaker, like pacing back and forth in, in an office, hmm. pointing at a big screen on Google Maps, going, What's this? What's this? <laughs> oh, then it's refreshing. <laughs> he was like, well, Get the guy that knows cars! Right, what's that? And then I get the fucking manager of the fucking Chevrolet down here now. Right. <laughs> How do we stop it? Blow up! Shut the fuck up! Get away! <laughs> oh, so I'm just asking, like, how many gears did that fucking Corvette have? It was like that, red, 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 red. It's like, right, is 12 gears, 13, I don't know. It's like he was going like 150 miles an hour and then it's like, he just goes up again. It's, like... <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was the silly part when they were, they were behind the two FBI uh, jeeps yeah. and he tells a quick story about uh, a wee girl getting... Pulling a gun around, uh, man. Shot his own niece. Aye. I'm so cutthroat. Mm-hmm. But it was like the <laughs> distance between the jeeps and them was like right. He's got to overtake them. The new, but he stops mm. to tell a short story. Yeah, it cuts back, and he still no. And then he just passes like. <laughs> then he like, flips around and the, the, he uses it as a ramp. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And there was no damage on the car afterwards. But I, no, there was. There was a paint damage. Oh, we bit paint. I was expecting a bumper before. I know. That was a fucking five ton fucking Yukon or something, was it not? Fucking Jesus. So, and just when it was all kicking off and the cars flying back and forth, and like just expecting Vin Diesel to drop in. That's just, what I thought it was at the very the, start. A I sleeveless thought, team. Oh shit! They've got the wrong phone. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, the fucking car going past with the lights on. Oh, uh, like, the the whole stereotype as well of the cop eating the donut. It was like, uh, oh, man, is this ever gonna get old? I guess since he was that bloody silly, he was like. That was a low flying helicopter. <laughs> they didn't believe it, but at least I think that was one of the few cops that lived. Aye. It wasn't like it wasn't like he doubled back in the car and just went <laughs> and then drove off again. I thought it was just going to be a case of just said, I'll let that one go. Aye. <laughs> Fuck that. And uh, the, I thought I quite enjoyed the humour in it as well. Actually. Aye. Aye. It did have the, some wee funny inject bits of comedy like like well the introduction like Knoxville. Um, oh, and like Louis Guzman but they've got that hand cannon yeah. that was actually genuinely quite funny and it's the same when obviously all the shit's kicking off in the town he runs into the cafe and he's like guys if this happens I get to your homes no. and he's like but we just ordered breakfast but it's like a fugitive and there's guns and like your life's in danger and it's like I've ordered like a a grilled sandwich with double cheese and bacon. <laughs> I was like, I know what danger it is. <laughs> that was, it was like 74 year old or something, I've got a heart my, condition. And I cholesterol <laughs> through the roof. And the, the, the guy behind him was like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's just that such a laid back town, they don't give a fuck what's going on. Yeah. 
kommentarer ikke så op, men det er også det. Nej. Is that possibly a hallmark of him then? I suppose like the, oh, just the comedic old woman. Possibly. There are old women and I saw the devil. I reckon if she did, she did she no. shoot an Indian? <laughs> <laughs> like that's trespassing. Shut up, Granny. <laughs> oh fucking, shit! Fucking video. <laughs> There was like an old pistol as well. <laughs> it was nearly like just a sawn-off shotgun and just mm. cleared the dude's ribs out. But after me, it was it, it was we've, we've nailed on head. It's just like a a no-brain shooter. Yeah. Like just didn't even think about it. Put it on, see some mindless action, some yeah. comical moments. Johnny Knoxville's g- giggle. He does this. Has the same giggle in every <laughs> film he's been in. I've got to say, like you know, like they made the big deal of the whole. Telephone, or oh, so the, the light post coming down. Mm. What happened to this? That, that never, that that never, that never <laughs> came into any use. So you've done that for what? Mm-hmm. Right. Aye, like uh, Carol's like, kind of, oh no, <laughs> lamppost. <laughs> my only enemy, my only weakness. I mean, he probably did it for his stunt bonus. You know? <laughs> Aye. I'll just hang up this lamppost, we'll cut it, and then boom, extra like 15k. Aye. It was actually like. I, maybe we're just there for just one comedic gag. Mm. So right, we'll cut the lamppost in, then realise it's got like a safety cord so it only drops a little bit and then stops and just goes doing. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of amusing though. And it cuts that the shot of him fucking grinding <laughs> up it in the background <laughs> sitting cutting the cords. So it is, it's it's the film's harmless. Mm-hmm. Aye. I I mean whether or not there was not someone to be cast for this, um after the, like his performance with The Rock or Dwayne Johnson in uh, Walking Tall because mm. he was kind of like he was Aye. a bit of a crazy bastard in that and mm-hmm. then gets deputised I think that's all he's really fit to do like it's just comedy, be a crazy comedy bastard sidekick aye like he's never going to be the serious it's jokes he has never really done very well that was like ten years ago <laughs> but <laughs> Was it? Was it all that? It feels like it was ten years ago. I was alright. I, I quite like Sean William Scott, and mm-hmm. they, they play quite well with each other. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's got the general Lee in it, which is. When did Ryan Dunn die? Um, two thousand and ten. No, no, eleven. Possibly. I've no, I've no got, a, I've no got a segue with that. I just wanted to know. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got very little to do I was going to say it's got very little to do with Kim Ji-Woon even though he's directed so it's also got a lot to do with it but yeah. it, I feel it's not like a mark on him it's not like oh well I've, it's fucking put me off him now like he's just copped out to be fucking Mr. Action Man over in America yeah. but it is like he's not directed this is I mean he's not written it this is not a project he's came up with that's Somebody's just, just hold up the this. script I was there any particular reason why? Have you, do you know? Um, I've not looked into it, no. Cash money. Cash money. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like that film here, Dave Miller. It's so funny. <laughs> so, uh, like his next film after that is the, like a Japanese anime being turned to film as like General of the Wolf Brigade. So that's... I, I think... I've I've had a DVD of that and it's just like I think it's maybe a boy raised by wolves type of thing. Yeah. But I think that's him going back. I think if he's actually going to Japan to do this one, so it's a full Japanese cast, things like that. But that's as far as it really went. Yeah. And his general you know, for directing in the meantime, he's not really came up with any other big projects. But when he does, it's usually like 
once he announced like I saw the devil that was like the fucking the hype started building from there yeah. and that didn't disappoint but I guess we could round this one off to the internet's reactions to the last stands yeah. it was rated 7 uh, seven out of 10 based on 10,800 votes that's high enough though oh, mm-hmm. exactly. so Rotten Tomatoes last stand 49% of critics liked it so that's not bad 49% out of 100 59% actually mm. it's I not amazing think, I didn't think the critics would go nuts for it because mm-hmm. you can't it's, it's not Oscar material is it no but this is just it's proper like it's popcorn and chill out mm-hmm. get watched yeah. so um, a, a nice a, a nice easy watching film for the everyman aye I guess last stand straightforward just action film yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I say one one that you don't have to think about eh? exactly <laughs> like there's no need to run out to the cinemas and see it it's probably as hard as it's time in the sun I'll find maybe find it's audience on home video or mm-hmm. easy rental people stay with them on it pretty much mm. maybe so. for the army completist could be one to go out and buy mm-hmm. is there any dumb them left in this world are they completists yeah you never know well I think they lost faith halfway along going glad we damage career damage was fucking awful <laughs> I remember going to the cinema to see that how about Eraser I guess that's one army film I've never seen so aye, that's the CGI alligator, alligator. <laughs> <laughs> like he shoots and he's like now your luggage <laughs> like good for you <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to know other other low points well you've got Mr Freeze aye uh, that was awful <laughs> not putting me in the cooler eyes to see you <laughs> there's a freeze coming fuck off that was bad <laughs> but yeah uh, it was nice to see him back in that kind of role as opposed to being a caricature of himself mm-hmm. and I know that he's had a lot of, I, I was just thinking as well like he's had a lot of shit happen in his personal life where he, he's got kids to feed now yeah, kind of I think it, he's got five he, children. But he also has one illegitimately as well. Are they kind of, who, who, what is, they've got five children. Is it Joseph Bear? Uh, I think he had it with his maid. No, there's two with, that was born on the same year, and I'm sure they had a child the same age as the one that. Mm. Yeah, there's Christopher and Joseph Buena. There we go. It was a Mex- <laughs> I'm sure it was a Mexican maid, maid as mm. well. And I've, apparently, I've read some of his biography. I've not got to the part, but I, apparently, he kind of just pines for his missus back. Like it's just one big kind of "I'm sorry" mm-hmm. to his missus later in the book. Anyway, so I'll still get to that bit. But so, I, I, I suppose where I was going with that was, does it does he kind of look like he's kind of lost his spark? As it, I mean, by his age, you've got, and then he looks a little, little bit dead. So. He just kind of looks a wee bit like oh, fuck that shit. Aye, I reckon if the reason like, does he really have this passion to come back into films, or is it like it my mortgage doesn't pay itself? <laughs> like Stallone's not making enough Expendables. <laughs> They're not making them quick enough. I have Halimody. So. But aye, I guess it's sort of just 
rounding up on a down note, just. Aye. Aye. <laughs> but it was it was good going to see uh, the pictures. Aye. Aye, it was. Let's say it was a good afternoon out. Yeah. Harmless. But harmless fun. Mm-hmm. Wait for it on DVD. Or wait till it gets on ITV. I would I would actually be interested to see if Kim Ji Woon goes full out on extras on this one. Like, hmm. for the amount of effort he's put into good, the bad, and the weird, if he actually does, like, a full making of on this, or see if how much collaborations, that, well, how much they were actually had together, if Arnold actually spent time with the director, or is uh, like, is like, ah, small Koreans. <laughs> like my stogie. So. Uh, but hopefully, because, like I was saying before, you can't really get too much... I don't think there's ever been too many extras on a DVD, so hopefully they'll, they'll kind of get their finger out and do something. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? <laughs> <laughs> I um, I don't can. I I might just stick with like the classics, like Terminator Two and like things like that were really good. I I can't think of anything huge after that. That's really. Like, just became like a personal favourite. There's nothing yeah. that special out there. Like, Total Recall was fun. And uh, Running Man was a. I remember watching that when I was wee and thought it was a good film. Then watching it again, a bit older, realising how dark and depressing that is. Like, just such dark themes and yeah. soundtracks, moody as hell on it. And. So like it's definitely the first half of his career seems to be a lot better than the second half. Even like Hercules in New York, huh. where like that moment where he's dropping down from the heavens and he just waves into a plane that's passing, <laughs> and the wee old woman goes, "Oh God, no! I'm a big muscly man!" <laughs> like she's having she's stroking out in, like both ways. <laughs> just seeing that, he's like, "He's big, handsome, muscles, oil, oh!" <laughs> Like, son of Zeus! <laughs> had to slap the woman to fucking control her. This is the bit where he's fighting the fucking guy in the bear suit. <laughs> fucking sped up. <laughs> Just any way ruffle in the park, pin it down. <laughs> Fucks it. <laughs> uh, but I really have just no given a fuck about him. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. That's harsh. That's fucking shit, man. I've watched them all, but they've just never, like... Stuck in your mind. It's like, fuck, that's a good film. Like, there's just no really been many of those occasions. Mm. <laughs> like, it's definitely... His early catalogue, like, his Predator, Commando, things like that, have always really just been great films, but the second half of, like... Was it Fifth Element, when it was him chasing himself? Uh, Fifth Day. The fifth day. <laughs> I could have received that film. <laughs> I didn't expect him to be in that. Was it the fucking... sixth day? Was it the sixth day, day maybe. In the sixth and day, God created man, and it's all about cloning and shit. It's just the jacket front cover of him, and it's got two bits of metal <laughs> residual. <laughs> just... That's horseshit. Nah. So. <laughs> but other than that, he's just sort of like a, just a, a fucking show pony. Yeah. Like for like when he, his appearances in the like Expendables, it pops up going, "I'll be back," <laughs> or like, "I'm back, my hair's not." Going back to that though, I honestly I was waiting for an "I'll be back" or "Hasta la vista." Was so that on the trailer? Because I was expecting the well, day. I thought like you said it in the trailer. It might have been like a fucking uh, like a a text pop up where it's like just a black background like he's back and then they. Like, no, I thought you said it when he was on this. the bus. 
for some reason. Nah, well, it could have been. Like, when just... he was jumping out, like, turning around. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it would just... I, I, I can anger me when just getting confused about Expendables, where it just drops the Probably. line and it's like, I'm back. Probably. Because that's where they just need everything just fucking rammed in there. Like, yeah. they needed Bruce Willis to probably scream yippee ki and Chuck Norris just go, doo doo doo, wow wow wow, and then disappear. <laughs> no, it's just a bit in that where they fucking reference one of his fucking jokes. You know, they've got that whole website. Mm, aye. It was, it was something they were. He got bit by a snake or something, and then like the snake uh, died. two days later, see. the snake died. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your What's your favourite, Arnie? I think the one that sticks in my head the most is Conan, the barbarian. <laughs> for some reason, I think that was the first film I ever seen him when I was a bear. Just, it just there. convinced you to adopt that lifestyle. Oh. You're just in the living room pushing the fucking bar. Oh. <laughs> just the wheel around the living still room. Not, still not for you, a Spanish horse. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the. Was it one? Like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, crush my enemies and take the lamentation of the women. Oh. <laughs> just walk a bit in a wee fucking fur loincloth. It's just the fakeness. He's fucking. He's the. Uh, was it the audio commentary he'd done? Yes, where he just talked about what he saw on screen. Aye. Like ah, yes, I remember. Like <laughs> lovely Spanish horses. Yes, this is we see trees and <laughs> this man here. Yes, we worked together several times. Here I am pushing the wheel. I'm actually just paraphrasing it now because I mind falling asleep during that audio he commentary. Oh. I fucking shut down. <laughs> <laughs> it was like fucking half past six in the morning. Done like a twenty-four hour fucking movie marathon. Shit. <laughs> the old days. <laughs> I wake up to getting fucking what was it? You put bubbles on my head. No, this. Yeah, hey, well, I'll just turn the mic off. Yeah, let's not get him <laughs> talk about this in front of people. Bubbles in infinite junk. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up with bubbles on my head watching Dear in the Big Blue House. <laughs> they woke up choking on bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> Squeeze both of them into his mouth. <laughs> Good, <Go on, go. laughs> Time, oh, time for the bubble bath. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard! <laughs> <laughs> you fucking explosion! Was he waking up? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Trevor, favorite Arnie film? Uh, Predator. Oh, right. awesome. Yeah, that's a good film. Love it. Like close sort of second would be Terminator, and a lot of Terminator too. Mm-hmm. So it'd be my top three. Mm-hmm. Definitely a wee bit of a thing for Commando as well. Mm-hmm. I just he was part of my youth I'm a wee bit older mm-hmm. than you boys and he was kind of he, was, that was, he was, was all over the place when I was younger he was kind of like the Channing Tatum of today <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was it was always I've just had the horrible thought of like 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger and Magic Mike instead of dancing he just goes off into the dripping for ladies he just fucking gets off stage goes in the crowd and just starts ripping through them all <laughs> I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> See it like three hundred and fifty times to every single person. <laughs> they just walk me with lots of fucking clothes. <laughs> no, wonder that's how he does his shopping. Just <laughs> 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 goes into a shopping says to the fucking women, "What now? Need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. We don't sell motorcycles. <laughs> this is farm food, sir. Get away." <laughs> <laughs> 
Or like he's fucking senile and he's like broke out the fucking the old folks home <laughs> and he just walks in their farm pins. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it comes to his head's just random phrases for his phones. <laughs> Get to the job on his <laughs> Oh my god, he's pissed himself in the middle of fucking Aldi's. <laughs> <laughs> Get get to the top or <laughs> you wanna be motherfucker. <laughs> just send out the police officer. Who's your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> just because of him sitting picking up random beans. This is your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> They're horrible. <laughs> Shouting at dogs in the park. It's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the tumor and I'll die. No, seriously, I'm not quoting here. <laughs> I have a tumor and I will die. I don't oh. know where I am. <laughs> How are you enjoying the podcast? And the, the podcast is it's quite good. You probably mm-hmm. got quite good banter. I like it. Uh, um, well, I'm actually mean your podcasting on your own, your own series, your own stuff. How's that? How's it going? It's, yeah, uh, um, awesome. Really, really enjoying it. It was. I just did it on a whim, kind of thing, because well, we're both big fans of podcasts. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I started working with you, I was like, holy shit, well, he's like a younger version of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you watch Tell Me Steve? Oh, did you listen to Tell Me Steve? Did you watch this? You watch that? So it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I was, I actually said to you, oh, I'm thinking about doing a podcast, unbeknownst to you, being like, fucking podcast. Like, I kind of just, absolutely. like, just slapped my dick and said, like, well, I kind of own a podcast network. <laughs> I run it. Hey, I got myself. I ain't got more to be. Like, yeah, it was like <laughs> the network's ran by some Swedish dude, but yeah, my name's there first. <laughs> <laughs> so I and it's uh, it's good just good to kinda bullshit with your mates about film. Mm. Aye, aye. I think that's the thing. I, I I got out of the 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 habit for a while because obviously the original cast was me, Ken and Mike Banner. Uh, Mike eventually uh, moved to Korea and started teaching English and now he's in Hong Kong teaching English and basically life commitments just got heavy on my side with like the wedding and things like that so I just basically had to give it up and Ken just ran with the ball and brought in new guests, new co-hosts and tin show in his direction and it's was, it was worked really well because it kept steadily coming out every week, new episodes, yeah. things like that but trying to get back into it and working to like other people's uh, time commitments and things like that was just a struggle for myself to really get back into it. But then I thought, like Kevin Smith kept coming up saying, just record podcasts with your friends, the people that interest you, mm. and put that out there. And when you talk on themes that's interesting to other folk, other folk will latch onto it. Mm. So I think we eventually, obviously... I was sitting playing Assassin's Creed on the Xbox. Oh, I was lying in my bed half naked eating fucking chocolate chip cookies. You never told me that part! <laughs> I, 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 I knew the TV was on in the background, I didn't you know, just it was fucking thrown in a dateline. <laughs> You've just got like, other calls on hold. You caught me at a bad time. We organised this though. <laughs> it's like, just sitting naked waiting. It. I wish he's got a call. I'm getting cold. <laughs> No, I was sitting there with my clothes on saying, this guy's not going to force you, fuck it. <laughs> Make it the cookies. As I need to fully clothed when I'm online. <laughs> That's why I was downhearted when you wanted me to start coming to your house. <laughs> like, fuck, no, I need to start wearing clothes. Because uh, <laughs> this house is cold. <laughs> sitting watching Wu Chi with a Gucci. <laughs> 
Because, ah, let's talk about fucking Indie Watch a little bit more. Flat, flat, flat. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't completely naked. I didn't see semi naked. <laughs> didn't have my books on, that was it. <laughs> Why? Why? Why didn't. Okay, okay. <laughs> Go, going back to, like, Kevin Smith as well, I think he said a big thing about just, like, stop listening to content and genuinate your own. You know, mm-hmm. if you. If you're not someone that much, Aye. generate your own shit. Sitting naked with cookies. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I made me comfy. I was comfy eating naked. He's fucking right. Well, about you, you get slapped and hit. And <laughs> cuts fucking like, so <laughs> dirty, man. <laughs> Entertain me, bitch. <laughs> you want this cookie? Say something funny. <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion? I don't want your opinion. <laughs> Everything. We've gone into the habit of finishing the show by shut your pus. Oh, yeah. like, all right, and then I was like, "Curse the ten, that's me shutting your pus." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." Yeah. And I think by the time people listen to all those episodes, like, ah, <laughs> go phone sh- fucking the police. Sure, sh- sh- kind of a dick. <laughs> sure, he's interviewing his best there. friend, but the guy gets to like say two words about the film, and then he still the shop. <laughs> What do you think? No one cares what you think. Like, fucking shut up, you're only here to fucking amuse me. Mm-hmm. What's um, your opinion? Aye. Oh well, is that it? Aye, aye. Shut it! Uh, Woof! You're only here today to stare at a wall and I'm fucking talking. Uh, the only reason you're fucking here is to make sure you're wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sit and fucking talk to you naked on the phone. <laughs> Fuck you, I was to like describe what was there. Like... Sitting FaceTiming is like... What's, <laughs> I was still rubbing myself in here. Don't do that. I don't want to sit and stare at your dick and talk about fucking Koreans. <laughs> what? This is like a pastime. You're sitting there fucking flashing your otter box at me. <laughs> but, aye, it's good to see that, well, obviously, you guys have gotten, like, kind of got onto your stride with Mass Movie Sides. Yeah. Like, you've like, gotten, you've gotten that audience, like, pretty quickly. They, you've got... A lot of guys on Facebook dropping comments, suggestions, things yeah. like that. So, I, I think as well though, it's kind of one of those ones. I, I don't think you have to listen to every episode. Mm-hmm. I think you, you maybe want to listen to the ones that would interest you. Aye, cherry pick like things you're familiar with yeah. or things you want to hear about. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of cool. And then you, that was quite good with you bringing in uh, some some movie news as well. But. Uh, Jason London, fucking awesome. <laughs> Just shitting himself in the back of the police car. <laughs> oh, and then it was just the, the abs- absolute icing on that cake was that photo. Is <laughs> <laughs> like, it so what? I shot myself. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just like this little wry smile. He's, he's mug shot. <laughs> he's probably sitting with shit stained traces. <laughs> He's probably half naked in that photo. <laughs> just a chocolate chip cookie just out of his That's what's in his fucking drawers. That's <laughs> filled with fucking chocolate chips. <laughs> Somebody stole his last cookie, that's why he punched her. <laughs> but, obviously for guys that want to have a look for your show, it is easily found Mass Movie Side UK in yep. iTunes. Yep, um, Stitcher. Stitcher Radio YouTube channel mm-hmm. um, but we do seem to do a lot of business over Facebook most people seem to like to comment there aye aye and a decent sort of free forum I know. Mm. so okay well, don't know because <laughs> I didn't do I didn't do <laughs> any housekeeping oh, Andy's no. favourite part 
is the housekeeping. You're so fucking cheesy, it's unbelievable. Housekeeping? Yes. Housekeeping. The plugin. So, obviously, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash POF Network. See, Andy? You for Twitter? What does that say? The, fucking Ramit. The, <laughs> the T-U-A-T-O-T-T. Twat us a tweet on the Twitters. Yeah, podcast on fire. That not just me. You <laughs> shoot yourself. <laughs> I just get mocked for saying like the name all the time. We're here at Twitter on this. And then I just end up saying Mass Movie Save GK about five times. Mm-hmm. Everybody just laughs at me like, fuck off. So yes, feel free to twice a tweet on that dirty, dirty Twitter I'm at Podcast on Fire. Or, fuck it, even celebrate What's Korean Cinema with a hashtag. Hashtag What's Korean Cinema. That's not, like, that's not so annoying, because you only said that once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought since we're on this special show. And for iTunes, what does F... Well, what is R, F, and B means? Oh, no. Well, that's fucking... Rate us, fillet us, or berate us on the iTunes. It's fillet? Why do you want to be filleted? <laughs> just, just pump up our ego. Oh. <laughs> Search What's Korean Cinema on iTunes. We do have our own feed on there. So, oh. feel free to leave a comment like... Bring the other guys back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, what the fuck they're what, saying? Why is a half-hour discussion about Arnold Schwarzenegger and sewing cats into people got to do with Korean cinema? Oh. But other than that, I have been your host for this evening. I'm Stuart Allen. Joining me, the big old Easy A, Andy. Yeah, I'm here. Just and Mass Movie Side UK's Trev. Oh, thanks for having me, boys. It's been a pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Andy. Andy. Yep. Cue the music. Fuck it, we'd stop talking. <laughs> we would've been cut off already. <laughs> Fuck you. Shut your pass, eh? Ram it, you fucking gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Andy. Love you too. <laughs>
like there was an animated uh, gif file of the the votes like the reviews of this film it started out 100% fresh then drops to 90 drops to 80 drops to 70 drops to 60 and uh, reckon if it's gone to the point where it's as bad as uh, A Good Day to Die Hard which is 0% fresh I think that's what? rotten all around Jesus I've not heard good things about that like Mm-hmm. I just think they should have stopped at um, 4.0 because that was kind of what f- why don't you just leave it at Die Hard with Vengeance Sorry. it's just the internet it's just, <laughs> it's just I'm just waiting for you could have asked me you could have had some wifi dude what, what, what about your phone <laughs> uh, what, are we, what are we looking for here uh, last stand on Rotten Tomatoes last stand on Tones right seven up probably you should oh. definitely go look your notes again that's oh. a good one Fuck you, yeah. <laughs> you won't lose some fuck, fuck you, yeah. <laughs> it's been times when you've lost it when we've been sitting at the table and it was there and then you lost it. Next time I'm inviting you to a podcast, there's no podcast, I'm just going to glass you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> like, what what film are we watching today? Knife. What? <laughs> <laughs> if I die, I'll make sure I fall on your cuts. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you dick. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking you dick you stabbed me the dick yeah running at me who's holding your intestines like where's the ginger one you <laughs> when you do um, that what he's going to do is he's going to hunt you down put a tracker on one of your teeth and just keep coming back for you I was planning on dying when I fell in this car <laughs> he won't let you he was like, I'm going to punish you for ruining like, take, take the cat out put it in a basin of hot warm water stitch you up fuck <laughs> like, we capture when you. Oh, so yeah. I thought you were sewing me I, up. I, I, when I, you I, sewed the cat inside me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I could trim this way from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's about to be a Korean film someplace. Oh my <laughs> god. That's on it. Inside. There's like a plastic bag over it, just the pause. <laughs> I'm fucking coming out one of the plugs in the middle. No. No. <laughs> it just climbs it. Yeah. it it basically burrows its way out your arms shake, shake his biscuits and just go go near it it's like that he did this to me whole fucking stomach goes ah! they just whiskers and it's trying to run out the back of you and go ah pains <laughs> but in Prometheus where it's just all under your skin <laughs> Just when you sh- shake a box of biscuits, you go mental. Go- <laughs> <laughs> a chest burst and it's just a cat. A wee ringing bell. <laughs> a wee jingle sound. <laughs> I, got, I got really foaming at the mouth by this point. Like, I think I'd stay awake. <laughs> like, <laughs> a cat you inside. survived all of that and then the cold tenement. <laughs> just... Like, no infections, not this person at your chest, you survived all that, and he got sniffles and he died. <laughs> died in the cold. Aye. Right. After fucking shooting cats at his body. Give birth to a fucking like, like, fucking taken in a cat, then still managed to survive, then yeah. live your normal life, the and then like at tea time, eventually, aye, the cat somehow sub- Survived the uh, It just obviously feeds on whatever you're eating, right. and eventually, <laughs> 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 
Imagine like the cart like that, just at the bottom of your gut. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yum yum. Just a bit of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for a fortnight. Every time you take a shit, it's just like little cat shits. Like. <laughs> Something in front of you like that. <laughs> just the red dot on the wall. <laughs> Pardon on his lap. They're trying to get on Stuart's lap and all that. Fucking. Have you just come to bed? Just give me a minute. <laughs> Try to climb a tree of bad. <laughs> when you come back to your, your human stance, it's just like, Hello! Open the fire brigade, I'm stuck! <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck are you doing there? I'm a part cat. <laughs> and I'm somehow like able to get my leg behind my head. Oh. <laughs> Cleaning myself. Put your legs perfectly straight. Alright, guys. It's in the middle of a podcast. Coughing up bits of my cat's fur. <laughs> 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 no, pubes are my pubes boys for the week. I'm like myself. Oh, you fucking yeah. tumbleweeds coming in. <laughs> Need to get them dressed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. Uh, you got fuck all to do with anything. Eh? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> What's that got to do with Korean cinema? I think it's probably The Last Stand. No, no. <laughs> the only connection is there's a Korean film called Taking Care of My Cat. Is it? Take care, it? no, Take Care of My Cat. What's that one with the cast of bad guy? That's for space. Oh, that's a Hong Kong film oh. called The Cat. Oh, that's, yeah, that's like no Korean. <laughs> it, seems like, it does. That sounds like a bad dream. Oh, I, thought <laughs> I thought you said that sounds like the dream. <laughs> <laughs> All I want is space cats, <laughs> and I could die happy. Are they coming through space? Are they cats? <laughs> Baller. Do they have a tiny, have a tiny astronaut outfits? They do. I'm in. Cats in little tin foil suits. Yeah. <laughs> like cardboard tubes and all that. <laughs> Could we sew one up in Andy? <laughs> no. No, it's really a bit of a dark nightmare. Like the boss said, there'd be pretty lights inside me and stuff. Like that. And I'm jail cell going. Ah! <laughs> and it's a well phone that's been sewn inside you. Maybe it would just be easier just cutting Joey pouch in you. So, yeah. Surprisingly, the wound wasn't fatal. <laughs> <laughs> that looks infected. <laughs> <laughs> but the cat's happy, yeah? Uh-huh. It's fine. The cat and will the, eat the fucking infection. Just pull the stomach open, pot and whiskers. Close it. Uh, it's really itchy for a minute, but once he's eaten them, it's fine. You see that perfectly straight leg coming out of his pouch. He's cleaning. He's cleaning. It's fine. Uh, Jesus. Hopeless or homeless? Homeless. Hopeless, homeless. Come on, Andy, keep your clays on. No. It's time. No, not cookies. It's fucking 30 minutes past nine. It's fucking naked time. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, lad. Shirt's coming out. (laughs) 
did on the door is like a bag of old nubs sell it to your chest he's a silly individual biscuit that one hobnob so I labelled as well good tattoos they fucking what kind of fucking biscuit just all these little bags sell it to you it's like an astronaut in space when I go away to the toilet and come back with a fucking air sealed bag of fucking biscuits like, <laughs> what did you get there for like, lads jammy dodgers <laughs> digestive rich tea custard cream is that cute I've never, I've never sure had. Answer, yes. <laughs> I've never had a warm biscuit. Joy, has been cooked with pure body heat. <laughs> I've been boiling it for like the past hour for you. You didn't want that penguin, boys. <laughs> Coming with a fucking uncooked batch of fucking cookie dough and produced fucking cooked cookies at the end. Never had a stick in the oven. Just shove it in your t-shirt and like. And then just concentrate really hard for an hour. <laughs> we'll be ready in 45 minutes. <laughs> then he make me laugh, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Ding. If he hovered across above a fucking bell or something. <laughs> <laughs> just be a bit dinging there it is just reaching for the sleeve <laughs> I was gone I was gone like I actually ate all the cookie dough cooked inside hovered there a bell shouting the bell and then you hit the ding <laughs> that's what I had kid that's what was in my head I thought the cookie dough wouldn't get past the cat <laughs> so be so be it 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 Next time, just like, <laughs> next time, just like, spend a quid in Sainsbury's and get cookies. Then he goes to the effort, he's like, I'm just finished eating like fucking four rolls of cookie dough. I'm, I'm cooking a batch. Oh, <laughs> good. Got to keep production up. <laughs> Those cookies smell terrible. I've got a quarter to meet. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's just like, like the alien queen. Production lines like, I'm just shitting on a fucking <laughs> conveyor belt. Oh, fuck. It just means fucking gardener. So he sees a cat's head coming with it, my airstreaks over a cat's head.
<laughs> I wish this had some context, but it's not. <laughs> oh, he mostly shoots a net, mostly. <laughs> It's game over, man! <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> this would be awesome if it went in. <laughs> I think we could have a little bit to the end, but. Just cut it on, put it on to one fucking. Like, you, you fucking. <coughs> being a fucking cupboard filled with biscuits. That'll <laughs> <laughs> work. That'll work. But. Then. My nickname's Marylands. <laughs> 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 oh look here comes the biscuit boy <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off it I'll be walking straight to the car <laughs> You didn't want to speak to the car <laughs> I was like what the fuck do you mean He's like give me a minute 23 year old is living the worst stuff I've got his life <laughs> <laughs> It's got like really tiny wee stubby legs because it's never had to use It's got big long cuddly claws. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely hairless. <laughs> it's really deep. You're basically that cunt for the turtles. It's got cram in the stomach. It's got like. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the cow would look like, crang. <laughs> Your stomach essentially needs to be like a microwave, you just get the door open, there's Kerrang! And fucking a tray of freshly cooked cookies. <laughs> Ding! Merry <laughs> 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 Land! Sorry, Andy, back on the short bus. Grum, <laughs> 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 you. I think we should just pull it. Like, just be like-